Welcome to the Brain Coffee Podcast, where doctors Eric Luthard and Albert Kim unlock life's little mysteries about health, wellness, entertainment, technology, and how the brain makes sense of it all. Sit back, relax, and open up your mind. I guess on the issue of being tired, I guess this time it was your dogs keeping you up late and not yeah, Game was, of Thrones. Yeah, it was not binge-watching Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that I, I probably should not suggest watching Vikings. Is it good? It is good. <laughs> you should not have said that. I have a serious problem with this. I mean, I'll, I, you know, we, I mean, our there's vice a, There's is, a 12-step program, you know, <laughs> we're... <laughs> Our advice is that we're, you know, we love our work. We're, we do it a lot, obviously. Right, we're right. addicted to our work in some right. sense. But I mean, my other thing is, I mean, if it's a good show, I will just watch it through the night. It's terrible. I don't know if I'm quite as bad, but for instance, you know, lately I've been watching Vikings, right? And, you know, <laughs> my kids go to bed and I'm sleepy. And then I'll be like, well, I just need a little bit of something, you know, and I watch, you know, kind of one episode of Vikings and then another episode. And then it's midnight. And I did this last week and I was tired until I, you know, I had <laughs> clinic the next day. I guess that neural circuit, right? You know that that prevents us from you know kind of making the rational good <clears throat> choice, right? Of turning the TV off and going to bed. I mean, it is quite literally a digital addiction. Yeah, no, you, you're basically playing a slot machine. Each pull of the the arm is like an episode for you. And they've made it just so, like with the, the dramatic endings, you know, that you got to watch the next one to get that fixed. Yeah, right, right. I mean, you see, you know, what is it? I, I don't know, like different fruits and. Uh, shapes in the slot machine, right? <laughs> and you're fixated on that. You're, you're getting like a, a very similar set of fruits and things like that at the end of that episode. That's exactly right. <laughs> and it's 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 almost kind of like seven seven lemon. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Right, Where right. basically you almost were there, you know, but you didn't quite get the exactly. you know, the, the full Monty. Addiction's a really interesting thing because um, how the neural circuits involved with that really play out in so many elements of our lives. Certainly, you know, you, you watching Game of Thrones, me watching Vikings. Uh, and the effect that it has, but this kind of this reward system, our, our, which is again dopamine, right? right. Kind of this pleasure molecule, and how it plays out. For instance, I think one of the biggest addictions that we see is you know how it plays out in, in social media, and whether and whether you get likes or approval, and and how that it continues to compel behavior, especially in young kids. Actually, you know, this is a great thing to talk about. I mean, especially these days, I think it really has to do with all the, the tribalism. That people are feeling also, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you oh, have the interesting. Uh, you have the decreased attention span. You have social media that acts like a slot machine. That's right. You get that's addicted right. to your own sort of sense of what you think is right and wrong. Oh, that's very it, interesting. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I really think of it like that, and that that kind of makes these tribes even come further apart. I mean, especially without the discipline to get through a book or something like that these days, you know? You're not willing to think about the other person's point of view because we just don't have the attention span for it. Well, I think that that drop in attention really does make us much more subject to influences, right? Yeah, because yeah. if we can maintain attention, we can start to move our way through kind of this noisy environment. Right. But basically, if you don't have a lot of attention, you get buffeted and you can get continually moved around by different stimuli. Right? Yeah, I, you know, I agree, I agree. And that especially if it's something that you tend to already believe and you're, you like some idea and it, it just, uh, it just activates that addiction circuit again. You know what's interesting, when we think about that addiction circuit mm -hmm. and social media, are we also actually tapping into two separate neural circuits? For instance, bonding is really an oxytocin-driven, the love hormone, if right, you will. Right. Getting not only approval, like you know, with the, the likes, not likes, and getting that in, that's the dopamine, but the, the, when it comes to social media, the linkage to kind of feeling connected to somebody, yeah. like is it also giving you a little bit of an oxytocin rush? There's two things that humans need, is pleasure, physical pleasure, 
but also a connectedness with humans. Social bonding is, yes, is, is it's so course, essential to the human being. But I mean, what is the nature of that bonding, you know, in digital space? Right. It's a poor substitute for the real thing, but it may be activating the same neural circuits which are affecting your behavior. Right, right. right? You know, so it's really kind of a double punch of dopamine, yeah. meaning the slot machine goes off and the uh, feeling that your mother loves you. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, you know, kind exactly. of all at the same time. <laughs> that's, your, that's a good way to put it. It's the superficial connection, but it taps deep into those things that actually we've been doing for centuries or thousands right, of years. Yeah. We need, you know, community approval. I think what's so interesting, on top of kind of the double punch of dopamine and oxytocin with the social media slot machine, right. is that because that whole interaction is reducing our, our global attention, I think that really contributes to the tribalism that you talked about. I completely agree, yeah. It was, it's an interesting thing. We were part of social media. We have access to information. You would think that now that we have global access to information, we would be more informed. Yeah, you make, know, make, we make would make better decisions, decisions but we're not. Exactly. We're becoming more black and white. We're making you know worse decisions. And why is that? And I think that that because we have our reduced attention, we almost you know are becoming much more reactive. You know, it's much more reflexive and then, therefore much more primitive. So because you can't pay attention, you can only take in simple information. Right. You can't How, take complex information. You can't read a two-page you know, kind of news article to really give you a deep insight into what a social problem is versus exactly. it just becomes knee-jerk, you know, guns are good, guns are bad, you know. Right, uh, right. It's, it's uh, I mean, of course, it's both. It's, you can't, that's right. You that's can't right. take in a nuanced argument about it. That's the problem with uh, having a short attention span. I totally agree with that. And it's really playing itself out, I think, in politics and social media. Ironically, because we've got so much access to information, mm -hmm. it's harder to make a better decision because our attention is compromised. Right, right. I mean, this kind of sound, maybe sound like my dad, a little old school, but we really need to be more disciplined about how we live our lives with you know, digital information. I, it requires more discipline. It's much easier to just fall into the trap of getting the, the ka-ching, that's right, uh, that's right. you know, one second soundbite, which is highly addictive. But we have to have sort of the discipline to get through that. Look at the other one second, you know, right. a bit of information to put it all together. To synthesize. Yeah, right. exactly. You have to inhibit these baser tendencies that are coming out in social media. Now, here's a, perhaps even a controversial question. Should we use advanced technology to improve our attention to combat this information deluge? Uh, so, for instance, let me ask you a question. So, if I could give you a small implant <laughs> yeah. that would increase your attention, would you do it? Well, you know, I I would hope that you and I, our attention spans a little, you know, longer than, you know, at least what it used to be as kids, and hopefully, I mean, maybe just a tick above average. I would hope so. So, no, but of course I would want that. Of course I'd want that. You know, it's funny because I actually ask that whenever I give talks about brain-computer interfaces and you know neurotechnology, I'll ask that question. You know, would you want a neural augment, some type of device? that would improve your attention, improve your memory. And it's interesting seeing how it's changing generationally. Meaning that if I do it in high school and I do it in college and do it in med school, yeah, and I say, okay, you know, who'd want one of those? Everybody, you know, everybody raises their hand. And, uh, but as you get you know, further along in the generations, you know, less and less people want to have some type of, you know, Body modifying oh, is that, device. Is that right? Totally. So I'm fitting into that. You're, you're epidemiology. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and I think if you look <laughs> culturally and socially, like how we see kind of changing our bodies and brains as being okay, it's changing, right? So, for instance, 30 years ago, 
you know, a very small percentage of the population had tattoos or did plastic surgery. Right. It was really considered fringe. Now, 30% of the population have tattoos. <laughs> right. You know, it's amazing. And this idea that kind of people can change themselves, you know, for kind of to their desires is definitely an evolving phenomenon. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, but back to this idea of attention, you know, I know you asked me if I wanted to, you know, augment my attention. I thought what you were going to say uh -huh. was, could we use like AI to tell us what we should and should not pay attention oh, no, to? Oh, no, that's interesting. <laughs> you Basically. know, like a truth verifier or something like that in, in the media. I'm not sure if it would or improve would we, my personal would, attention, yeah. but... Would we, or essentially, would we cede our cognitive autonomy to an artificial intelligence yeah, to, to tell right. us what we should and should not look at? Maybe to put it more simply, should we give AI the ability to filter what we see and don't see to protect us from ourselves? I mean, at some level, we need it. I mean, there, you know, this, this thing about deep fakes and... I right. Mean, I mean, Maybe I unpack can't. that. T t you know, tell me more about deep fakes. Yeah, so I think deep, that's really interesting. Right, so deep fakes is basically, uh, what I know about it, is using machine learning or AI to essentially make it look like I'm saying something. You know, mm -hmm. uh, on, and it look, on video, it will look exactly like me saying it. I never said it. It's just some gamish of someone else and me right, right, put right. together. But it just ends up looking like me on video saying something crazy, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's worrisome. Like, I can't tell the difference. But at some level, you need some technology to tell you that that's not real. I, right. I didn't yeah. say that, you know? It gets at this, you know, everybody talks about, like, you know, post-truth, post-facts, you know, kind of, yeah. you know, era where now the, the uh, line gets even more blurred because <laughs> there's technologies that can mimic reality so well it's hard to tell the difference. Right.